Have you ever thought about what the dumbest decisions that you have made at Christmas time? Now, if I just wrote dumbest decision, we'd all have a whole litany of things. But just at Christmas time, uh, I threw this out on social media and you gave me some, some great responses. Uh, and so I want to read a few of them and you might even think of your own uh, uh, not so smart decision. Uh, like Carrie said, I bought my husband scuba diving lessons. The lessons were like $350, but I didn't realize that he would need to buy the equipment, the gear, the clothes, the trips, very expensive. So wives, research the cost of the hobby before buying the lessons. It's a good lesson to be learned. You know, what am I really buying into? Uh, Josh, some of you guys have to think about this for a second, wrote this. Uh, I used to go out in the woods and cut a tree down, then strap it to my car or minivan. I would drag it home and scratch up my car and house trying to get it inside. It made a mess. And then I would actually have to put lights on it. Can you imagine doing that crazy stunt year after year? Some of you guys are like, I do it every year. Yes, that's his whole point. Uh, Melissa wrote, uh, parents, you'll get this, buying my son Simon a drum set. Poor decision, you know, for many weeks, you know, and years to come. Uh, Steve actually uh, wrote one of my, my favorite ones. He said this, Carrie had a sweater on hold at the Northtown Mall, and all I had to do was go and pick it up and pay for it. Instead, I decided I didn't like it and went to the store nearby and bought a different one, not knowing it was a man's sweater. <laughs> Not a Merry Christmas. All he had to do was buy what she had. And he's like, nope, I'm going to go do something else. Don't do that. That's a dumb decision. Uh, a different Melissa wrote this, taking a Santa photo with only two of the three kids. There was no line. <laughs> so you have to imagine this. She's with her kids. Wait a minute. There's no line for Santa. Let's go. We only got two of them. That doesn't matter. Let's go take the picture anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and may create counseling for the third child for years to come. Uh, uh, but Samantha was my favorite. You know, she wrote this, you know, on uh, my social media thread. I can tell you the dumbest one my husband made was getting me a laundry basket for Christmas. And then on my social media, she calls her husband out. Cody, worst gift still to this day. Love you always. To which Cody responded, Samantha, I told you, it wasn't me, it was Santa. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. Uh, dumbest decision, you know, I made Christmas time uh, was, as you know, as pastors, we were a little busy on Christmas Eve, and yet my wife's family, you know, has an incorrect tradition, which is actually to celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve, you know, uh, and so I tried to honor her in that wrong tradition, you know, by sending her one year and the kids off, you know, to Southern California while I stayed and did Christmas Eve services, not realizing that by the time I was done and headed home, I was hungry and there's nothing to eat except for Taco Bell. And so let me tell you, that is the gift that keeps on giving, you know, and uh, that was a Christmas Eve that I will never ever forgets that we were never doing that again. See, all of us make decisions, all of us do, that, that affect the course of our lives each day. It really does. We may, we may sit down and think, well, this one's a big decision, but we're constantly making decisions that's going to have positive, negative you know, impact on our lives. Will I choose to go to work or school today? Uh, will I choose to make that financial purchase? Will I choose to what my boss asked me to do or my teacher or my friend or parent? Do I choose to work out? Uh, do I choose to bathe and brush my teeth without ever being asked? Sorry, that's my own household issues you know, right now. Every day, constantly, we're making these decisions 
you know, uh, consciously or not, and it does have an effect. As a kid, one of my favorite books to read that my mom could actually get me to read was these books called Choose Your Own Adventure. Has anybody read any of those books? Okay, uh, modern day, uh, you can do the same thing on Netflix with Bear Grylls to help choose which direction and what he should do in different situations, and you kind of see how it ends up. But growing up, this is how these books would kind of go. It would start out with this epic opportunity and journey. Like you are on a quest with your friends to go get the hidden treasure and you find yourself in front of a cave and so you walk into the cave and there in the distance you see, you see the treasure but at the last second a fire-breathing dragon comes out of nowhere and then the chapter ends with a question. What will you choose to do? Fight the dragon? Turn the page 15. Run away from the dragon and go get trained with your friends. Turn to page 32. Well, of course, I always want to fight the dragon. So I turn to page 15. It says, you fought valiantly, but the dragon overcame you, and you and your friends are dead. And you look at that like, oh, that's not good. And then it would say, if you want to start over, go back to page one and make a different choice. And the whole goal of the book was to get to the end, to get to the prize, and knowing that you're gonna choose and make decisions that are gonna be positive or negative that's gonna kinda lead you to blessing or even destruction. You see, in the last 10 weeks, we have been in a series called The Why Behind the What, where Jesus is proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. In Matthew chapter four, it says this, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news about the kingdom. And then Matthew teaches us, in Matthews five, six, and seven, Jesus' most famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, and he walks through what does the kingdom of God look like here on earth? So what is it supposed to look like? What does it entail? And we've gone verse by verse, chapter by chapter, these last 10 weeks, and I hope you've seen that the vast majority of what Jesus is challenging us with is whether we're gonna follow God's way or our way. And in each situation, we're left with choices as he kind of walks through. And he says things, you've heard it said this, so you could follow this way, but I say this, or you could choose to go this way. But by not choosing anything, you're choosing the opposite way. And so we've gone through this whole, this whole, this whole lesson together, and when it comes to God, every day you and I make a decision whether or not to follow him or not. And so as we wrap up this series and we wrap up this sermon, God is going to give us four choices to make. And you need to process through. Not what do your parents think, not what does your friends think, but what choice are you gonna make that affects your life? He's gonna give us a choice between two gates and two roads. He's gonna give us a choice between two trees. He's gonna give us a choice between two followers and he's gonna finish by giving us a choice between two foundations. And what he's saying to his listeners, as he's saying to us today, is choose your own adventure. And so why don't we pick up with the first one? It's a decision between two gates or two roads. In Matthew chapter seven, verse 13, Jesus says these words, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose, notice the choice there, who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. So as we're looking at God's kingdom, he's saying, here's the choice. You can choose to follow me and my kingdom, be a part of my family that starts here in this earth and ushers into eternity, or you can choose to not follow me. The choice is yours. You choose your own adventure. But he's already indicating that most people who live in the world in his day and all the way through all time are gonna choose the easier path. 
It's the one that's more enticing. It's the easier way. I mean, just do what everybody else does. Just do whatever society tells you to do. And Jesus says, if you're going to choose, understand, not a lot of people comparatively choose this way. It's a harder road. Now, it's the most rewarding. It's the most fulfilling. It's the more abundant on this life and into eternity. But you have to choose. God's not going to make you. And so the lesson he's he's challenging us with is choose to surrender your life to him. And so what have you done? Not what have your parents done, but what do you choose for your own life? Maybe this Christmas season could be that ultimate choice to say, you know what? I've kind of pretended to go one way or the other. I'm going to fully get sold out to choose the path that Jesus is offering. And then Jesus gives us a second choice. It's a decision between listening between two trees. Two trees. In Matthew verse, chapter 7, verse 15, he says, Beware of false prophets, that's how he starts out, who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. Uh, that is the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruits, so you can identify people by their actions. So he's asking you to choose. Who will you choose to listen to in life? That's what he's asking. Because he's railing on the religious leaders of the Pharisees of the day who may be saying some right things or may be saying some things that sound right, but their actions aren't measuring up even close to what they actually even they're even teaching or even they're saying. And so Jesus' warning says it's very easy in life. I mean, think about it. We live in a day and age of information. We are bombarded on a regular basis. Millennial generation has it twice as hard than you and I did when we were growing up. And it's just getting progressively worse. Who do we choose to listen to? Who do you allow to be a voice in your life? You still get to choose. And what Jesus is saying is, you have two choices. If you've chosen to follow my path, I'm going to tell you, choose wisely on who you will listen to on that path. Who are you going to listen to who's on that journey and is going on that journey, maybe even a little further ahead on the journey than you? Or do we, like most of us do, we like to find people who just agree with us from the onset about whatever decision or whatever direction that we're going. It's so much easier that way than it is to actually finally find a godly man or woman who will actually pour into our lives. See, there's, there's, there's two ways to identify, according to the Bible, fruit. He says you'll know their fruit by their actions. So not by their words, but by how they act. And there's two fruits. One is found in Galatians chapter 5, where it's called the fruit of the Spirit. So here would be action lived out. Fruit of the Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So when someone is revealing truth to you or you, you're choosing to allow them to speak into your life, do they exhibit any of this kind of fruit? Are they a person that exhibits love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? Not perfectly, but is that some characteristics that you're seeing formed? That's a person that you want to say, yeah, I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to follow their advice. Or the other kind of fruit is someone whose lives has been given for the sake of the kingdom. They're on that path, they're on that journey, and they said, you know, I've been sold out 
for the cause. And, and, and Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. So what he's saying is that those who are on the road you want to listen to are those who are helping other people on the road. They're not just traveling their own path and their own journey. They're actually turning around and saying, let me help you so that you can help somebody else. So you can help somebody else. And it continues. It's this multiplication effort that it started with Jesus' first disciples. You and I are only seated here today because somebody embraced the words of Jesus and passed it on and passed it on and passed it on. They lived it in their lives. And you and I are beneficiaries of those people's lives, the journey of those others who've gone before us. So let me ask again, whose voice are you listening to? Follow God's people is the lesson, you know, on, based on their fruit, not just based on their words. And I would encourage you, why don't we start with God's word? That's the ones who should be speaking loudest into our lives. But there is a difference between having Christian friends and Christ-centered friends. Okay? Christian friends may be somebody who's accepted Christ, who's on the path, and who's on the journey of faith, and it's awesome to have those people in our lives. And they will go to coffee with you, and here's how a Christian friend's conversation would, would something like go. How are things going in your life? Oh, good. Let me tell you about my family. Awesome. You want to talk about sports? Let's talk about sports. What are you getting your kids for Christmas? All the things are good. There's nothing wrong with that. A Christ-centered relationship is one where they sit down over that same cup of coffee and say, what is God teaching you? What are you studying in his word? How can I be praying for you? What are some lessons that I can come alongside? How can I serve what you or, or, or challenge you in, in your faith and your walk with him? You see the difference between the two? A lot of us have Christian friends or good friends, but do we have Christ-centered influences in our lives? Who do we choose to listen to? Third decision, third choice. A decision between two kinds of followers. Verse 21, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, Jesus says, will actually enter the kingdom of heaven. This should shock some of us. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. See, I think we're gonna be surprised to some level about who we find ourselves in connection and relationship with in heaven. We might be more surprised on who's not there that we thought was going to be there. Uh, let me say it this way. What Jesus is trying to distinguish is someone who is a follower of Christ versus someone who is a fan of Christ, okay? There's a huge difference in our culture between a fan of Jesus and a follower of Jesus. Actually, Kyle Eidemann uh, wrote a book actually with that title, you know, uh, a fan versus follower. The reason I say that is that some of us know Jesus in the same way that we know Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson, Seahawks are doing great. Yeah, Seahawks, anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so they're doing awesome this year. It's gonna be in a great year. And so because of the day and age and information, you can know a lot about Russell Wilson. Many of you guys have heard of me tell you this story, you know, before. 
And that is, is that I can tell you where he was born. I can tell you about his relationship with his dad. I can tell you about other relationships that's taken place in his life. I can walk around and I can say, you know what? Not only was he drafted in the third round, he went to NC State, but then he transferred. Grad year, he went to Wisconsin. You know, he went to, took his team to the Rose Bowl and then he came to the Seahawks. Matt Flynn was a quarterback, but praise the Lord that, that, that Russell Wilson, you know, became the quarterback and he led the Seahawks to a Super Bowl. And we, you, you praised and you got excited and you buy the jersey. I got a Russell Wilson jersey. I am such a fan of Russell Wilson. Then the next year, why didn't he hand it off to Marshawn Lynch? I don't know. Still I'm upset. Still under, not understanding. Why didn't that happen? And so I can tell you all these things about Russell Wilson. And then if after church today, Russell Wilson were to walk into our lobby and I were to walk up to Russell and I'm like, Russ, my man, let's do lunch together. He'd look at me like, police. I don't know this guy. Stalker, right? But I know you, Russell. Russell would be like, get away from me. I don't know you. But Russell, I buy your jerseys. I attend your games. I know a lot about you. In the same way, we do this with Jesus. See, very, very easy can be like, well, I, I, I prayed a prayer one time. I, I come to church, you know, every so often. I, I put a few dollars in the offering plate. Man, when Dan talks about some things that are going on or the worship team leads, I, got some, I applaud greatly. God, you are amazing. I am a fan of you. And Jesus says, beware. I don't need more fans. I'm looking for people who know me and who follow me. And that's the warning that he's given. The lesson is choose to follow Jesus as Lord daily. See, when you're on the journey... It's one thing to just say, I love and appreciate Jesus. It's another thing to, to give your life to him. And that's what he's asking us to do. And so we make a decision to put things and people in our lives that are gonna help us. And so I wanna encourage you, how do I do this? How do I have a follower mentality, not a fan mentality? I connect to Jesus outside of Sunday. I come on a regular basis to services because I know that'll keep me grounded and help me, but I'm in something else outside of services. I've got other relationships. I'm focusing on God's word. I'm finding ways that I can serve, that I can connect, that I can love, that I can grow in him together. And we do this not perfectly. We go on the journey together. We're not just fans attending a concert, listening to a speaker. We're followers on the same journey together. The last and maybe most significant choice is the decision between two foundations. Matthew 7 says this, anyone who listens to my teaching and who follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it'll collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished these sayings, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. One person's life, you get to choose, is built on rock, built on sand. The bedrock, both experience hardship in life, both experience stress, both experience pain and suffering and challenge and difficulty, and one is built on a foundation that is Jesus. The other is built on a foundation other than Jesus. And when those things come, it's so easy for our lives to just go whoosh, away. So his challenge is to build our lives on the rock, to build our lives on him. Well, how do I do that? Notice the difference. The difference is not Bible knowledge, although that is obviously critically important. 
both the person who built their lives on sand and built their lives on bedrock heard the words of Jesus, know the words of Jesus. The only difference between the two is one follows the words of Jesus, puts it into practice. The other one chooses not to, and Jesus actually calls them person foolish. So the question is, which foundation are you laying in your life? The lesson that Jesus is trying to teach us is hear his words and put them into practice. Actions speak louder than words. There's a big difference between having faith and being faithful. You can have faith that something is right and good and true, but until we put into practice, then we really don't believe that what we think is true until we actually do that. You get to choose. What is the foundation that you are choosing to stand on? And let's relate this now to the Christmas story. It's fascinating, as I went through the Christmas story once again, that each four of these truths, each four of these lessons are represented by the four primary characters of the Christmas story. I mean, mean, start uh, with uh, Mary, right? Uh, Mary, you know, going along her business. She's trying to follow God. She's highly favored. Angel comes to visit her and said, hey, you're going to have the Messiah. You're going to have the Savior of the world. It's going to happen to you. And so she had a choice. What will I do with this news? She had dreams. She had plans. She had a direction probably that she wanted to go in life. And now this comes into her life. What will she choose? And this is what she says in Luke chapter 1, verse 37. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. See, Mary surrendered her life to Jesus. What was our first lesson? Choose to surrender your life to Jesus. And Mary did that. What an incredible model and example. What about Joseph? I think almost even a more challenging character in the story, right? He's the one that doesn't hear from the angel first. He hears from his fiancee, yeah, I'm pregnant. And the Holy Spirit is the one who got me pregnant. Don't worry, it's all good. Joseph's like, "Uh uh-uh, this is not good. I'm gonna divorce you, but I'm gonna do it quietly. I could have you killed according to our Jewish culture that you have cheated on me. And that's not what he did. An angel visits him in a dream and says, no, 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 what she says is right. What she says is true. So Joseph has to make a decision. Will I choose to follow the words of the angel or will I choose my own path and direction? He chose to listen to the voice of the angel. So when Joseph woke up, chapter 1, verse 24, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. He chose to listen and to follow people based on their fruit. What about the shepherds? Shepherds, these are outcasts of society. They're on a field watching sheep, stinky, smelly sheep. They got things to do. And all of a sudden, this angel comes and proclaims, oh my gosh, the Savior world has been born, and it's not very far away. It's in Bethlehem. And then all of a sudden, there's this thousands of angels that begin to sing and proclaim. And you imagine, what did the shepherds decide to do? They could just sit back and go, woo, God, that's amazing. I am a fan. Let's do that again. Because that was a show. That was awesome. That announcement, I don't know how you do that with one angel, then thousands of angels. I'm like, man, that's something to worth remembering. Christmas Eve, yeah. That's not what they did. Their response, verse 15, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go. Let's interrupt what we had planned. Let's interrupt the rest of our day. This is too cool. This is too awesome to not be involved. Let's change the course and direction of our lives forever. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. They heard the announcement and they made a decision, just like we were just reminded, to choose to follow Jesus' will above their own daily. 
They could have been a fan. They said, no, 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 we're gonna follow what has been given to us. What about those wise men, right? Those wise men who are astrologers, astronomers, saw this star and they sacrificed themselves and journey, who knows how long it took, you know, for them to actually see, you know, and come upon Herod and find out where the star was. In fact, we read in Matthew 2, 2, where's the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star rose and we have come to worship him. We didn't come just to see, we came to worship They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Just like we just learned, they chose to hear God's voice and put it into practice. They they weren't a fan. They said, I'm gonna give gifts. I'm gonna proclaim him. I'm going to share what I've been told. The lesson, choose to hear Jesus' words and put them into practice. So my question as we wrap up is what decision Right now, is God asking you to trust, to follow, to surrender, to lay down because your life is built on him? Which gate, which tree will you choose to listen to? What kind of follower will you choose to become? What kind of foundation do you want to lay your life upon? It doesn't matter how young, it doesn't matter how old you are. During this Christmas season, we are reminded that God stepped into history and changed the course of it forever, especially for those who choose to put their lives into his hands. And just like we started at the beginning with choose your own adventure books, it's the same in your life now. Not your spouses, not your child, not your friends. This is your choice. What will you choose? The decision is yours. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to choose you. I pray, Father, that you would allow us to remember these lessons and be able to put them into practice. And so, Father, even right now, I pray that uh, you would just put it on our hearts. What decision, what path are you calling us to follow and to lead? Father, I pray for the strength, the resolve, and the people around us to make that happen. We love you so much, and we thank you for this day, for this opportunity that you give us to center our lives as we go into this Christmas season and beyond. What an opportunity it is to follow you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.